The Posting Up Podcast is brought to you by T. Rowe Price. Are you looking to learn a thing or two about getting your finances in order, saving, and investing? Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Posting Up, Washington Post NBA podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bontemps, national editor for the Washington Post. Coming to you today with what I think will be a really fun episode for the 100th episode of the podcast. First of all, thank you to everybody for following along for the first 100, hopefully the first of many hundreds. Uh, but had a fun conversation with Ennis Canner today for the pod. Uh, talked to Ennis about a whole wide range of stuff from what it's been like being at the middle of kind of a political firestorm at different times over the last couple of years, uh, what it's like being a Muslim player in the NBA, uh, what it what it was like playing with uh, Russell Westbrook, his friendship with Stephen Adams, uh, what's changed about him coming to the Knicks, uh, his his troll game on the internet, and how he's gone after LeBron James. Uh, you know, we touched on a whole lot of stuff. I think I think it'll be a really entertaining listen for for fans of of the league and and of of any of the teams he's played for. Uh, it's a really interesting conversation. So, uh, without further ado, thanks again to everybody who's fought along for these first hundred episodes of the podcast, and let's get to my conversation with Ennis. All right, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. Um, let's just we'll start with like the the one serious thing first. Obviously, um, your background, where you come from, has become kind of a story uh, the last couple of years. And I was just kind of curious, as a guy who you know has for such a long time been defined as a basketball player. You know, that's like what you do. Um, what has it been like becoming? Um, kind of part of a different kind of story and you know with the political stuff and everything else it's kind of you've kind of become yeah. part of over the last couple of years it's it's a little weird because every reporter whenever they put the microphone in my face and it's like i'm i'm waiting for a basketball question <laughs> and it's like over like 60 70 percent of it is politics it's you know sometimes american politics sometimes you know europe sometimes turkish politics but I think it just, I'm just so used to the answers now. So I'm not really like scared or any of the, any of the questions or anything. I mean, I think, you know, because they want to know what's really going on because, I mean, the stuff I'm having or my story, it's really interesting. And sometimes it gets people really confused because they don't really know what's going on. Sure. But I think, I think it's a really good thing to, you know, just I'm really cool with all this, you know, reporting on it. But I think it's a really good thing to... You know, just tell my story, what's really going on, and all the people will know, you know, just, you know, what's really going on. Were, were you nervous at first to, um, to tell your story? I mean, was, it, was there a time when you weren't comfortable doing it? I wasn't That's nervous, but the, like the, but the words, cause just because it's my second language, it was just like, man, how, how am I going to tell all the American people my story? Because, like, the language. Right. You know, because some of the use I, I, I never heard it in my life before. I didn't learn it in prep school. I didn't learn it in college. I never even heard it. So just like I was like studying, okay, if this guy asks me this question, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say that word. You know, I'm gonna. And I think right now I'm pretty much comfortable with all the, you know, all the, all the questions. Yeah. Is it um, what what I guess what has been the most difficult part about the whole thing? I think 
explaining people because it's just the whole thing is just so confusing you know just about the turkey what's going on the family situation mm-hmm. and I, I need to sit down with the guy and talk to him hey this is what really happened it's not going to be like oh so i heard this i heard this and then it's going to be like two minutes now right and if you sit down with the guy at least like talk to him 15 20 minutes so he will understand okay right. this is what's really going on right has that has that um has it ever been hard to um, I mean, obviously, there, it's a lot of stuff you've had to deal with. Has it been hard for you at any point to um, to be able to just focus on basketball? Like, or, or have you at times had trouble doing that because of all the other stuff you have going on? Actually, no, never. Because it doesn't matter what happens. Whenever I step on that court, I know I'm going to forget about everything. Because this is my job. My team is paying me a lot of money. So if I will bring one even little thing to to the court i will be selfish so whenever i step on that court i forget about everything i forget about all the situation what's still going on in turkey mm-hmm. politics, whatever only thing i'm focusing on is just basketball my team and is winning i mean even even beyond obviously the political stuff back home i mean you're in kind of a unique position as a, a muslim player in the league mm-hmm. i know like Ronnie house jefferson is i know there's a, a few other guys but yes, there's not there's not a lot there's not a lot um yes. what what is it what has that been like kind of assimilating not only to a new culture here in the States over the last few years, but also kind of being kind of a in a small minority like that? I think we have a big responsibility because right now you open up the news, you turn on the channels or any channels. When they talk about, you know, the Muslims, they will think about, oh, this group, that group, they will mm-hmm. think about some of the crazy stuff. But I think for our, not just for me, for all every Muslim player in, in the league, they need to represent really well. They got a big responsibility on their shoulders that, you know, just, hey, every, every step I'm taking, every thing I'm doing on the court, off the court, they will be watching me. Yep. So I'm rep- representing my country. I'm representing the my faith, everything. So I think we have a big responsibility responsibility on our shoulder. And, you know, we just, we just need to do, every, we just need to be careful every step I, we, we took. Is that is that something you think about a lot? The, the responsibility you have yes. and like when you when you're whether you're out in public or you're, you're talking in the media and stuff I mean is that is that something you actively think about like I do think about it a lot yeah because I mean it's natural to, but I, I do think about it a lot because it's like it's weird because if I do something wrong they will say oh hey he's Muslim so we just saw it on the channel a couple yeah. of days ago these guys are like crazy whatever so I feel like I'm kind of like a little scared but same time it's like it's a big responsibility all right, well, let's, let's shift, we'll shift off of that to some, uh, not necessarily basketball stuff, but different stuff. So you, uh, I've been, your career has been really interesting to me because you, you know, you come in the league, you're number three pick by the Jazz. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's fair to say that your tenure in Utah wasn't quite as enjoyable as the ones in OKC and, and now with the Knicks. Um, you know, in particular, it seemed like that ended pretty badly. Um, but like, you obviously got traded by the Thunder this summer. Mm-hmm. You have clearly not had your feelings about the Thunder change. Um, what, what I guess about uh, the Utah situation, like what did you learn about yourself and about playing in the league and stuff from, from Utah and, and kind of how have you evolved since then? It, so I got drafted 2011. I still remember the draft morning. Uh, I was sitting, we were having breakfast with, it was me and Brandon Knight. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, okay, right, because so you, you guys from Kentucky. Yeah, he's right. my teammate. Yeah. So we were like, the Jazz either gonna pick me or pick you. So it was like Brandon Knight or Enes <laughs> And I told them, I hope they will pick you. 
Oh, really? I, I told them, I hope they will pick you. But, uh, I mean, I didn't know anything about Utah. I didn't really know. So why, why, did, you, why did you want because, them to pick him? Because if they, will, if they look at their roster, they had all Jefferson. They got Paul Millsap, Mehmet Okur. They traded Derek for favors. favors, yeah. And Jeremy Evans. So they, had, they had too many big men. And it's like, I understand, like, a lot of players want to go, like, oh, first pick, second pick, third, like, really high picks. But, like... If you're not going to play as much, if you're not going to have sure. fun, the money you take, I mean, because you, you money a lot is of important, money. that important, but like playing is important. Right. You know, and then, you know, they picked me. I was like, you know, I guess. This I'm is where I'm going. Yeah. This is where I'm going. I was really happy because, well, I couldn't play high school. I couldn't play college. Yeah. Like, okay, I finally have a team I'm going to go play for. And then yeah, what I don't I don't want to cut you off for one second because I wanted to ask you about that. What what how long was it between competitive games for you before mm. the NBA? Because so, I know you didn't get get to play at Kentucky because yeah. of the the, the um, eligibility stuff. How how long did you go in a competitive game without playing one? So I tried to go to Finley Prep in uh, right. Las Vegas. Right. They said you're not you cannot go. And then I tried to go to West Virginia. They said you you still cannot go because because Finley Prep, you know, Oak Hill coach yeah. Steve Smith yep. said. If NS plays, my team's done. not going to play because I don't want my team to play against a professional. Couldn't play. Couldn't play in West Virginia. And I said, okay, I'm going to go to prep school. Take my uh, – going to go there, play. We play some games, but it was just like maybe two, three games all year that we played really good games. Right. And then I went there. I took my ACT and, and then I went to college, Kentucky. And then they came back and said, I'm permanently eligible. So I you basically them. went two full years without really playing, right? I played a little bit. I mean, you were practicing, but like... And just like, really like, it was, it was a real game, but like maybe two, three games I had a really, really good game. Yeah. And then, they said, I cannot even practice with the team anymore. Right. And then they made me student assistant coach. I was taking notes in a, in a sideline. It was just so frustrating because, <laughs> I mean, right. I turned down a million dollars to just come here to play college basketball. Sure. And they said, you, I told them, let me f- sit my first year, play my second year. They said, no. And then, and then it was just so frustrating. And then after that, okay, I was like, only thing we can do is just go to drafts. So what, what, led, you to, what led you to want to do that in the first place? What? To come play, like you said, you could have obviously played professionally in Europe. Why did you, why did you want to come play in college in the first they place? They were offering me a six-year deal, and I wanted to become an NBA player like, uh, like in 19, 20. What, te- what team were you talking to at the time? Fenerbahce. Oh, Fenerbahce. It, it, right. it was my team. I grew up in that. In the, I, mean, I played in three seasons. Oh, okay. And then um, after that... It was like so frustrating because I didn't no high school, no college, and then I finally get an NBA. I was like, man, I finally have a team, and then lockout happened, no NBA. Right. I was just so frustrated. Like, I'm never <laughs> gonna get to play basketball anymore. This is like so weird. <laughs> and then after a while, you know, I just start, and then I get drafted, and then like in December, I think lockout was over. I went back with the team. Mm-hmm. It was like two so much big men. It was like Jefferson, like I said, yeah, like yeah. six, seven, five, six big men. And they were like trying to get in rotations, and then they traded. Traded memo to, to memo, Brooklyn because yeah. I, I was covering the Nets then. Yeah, yeah. Brooklyn and stuff. I mean, and then I mean, they helped me a lot. You know, they helped me a lot. I mean, I, back then it was a little weird because, like, we had no breakfast. I was I had to bring donuts in, uh, everywhere. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I get different food, halal food. They were, oh sure. They were charging for it. You know, they were charging oh, for the jazz food. were. Like, yeah. Oh okay. But I think, I mean, I'm not going to, 
I know like first time back, I said some really crazy stuff about it. <laughs> I shouldn't have said. Yeah. And it was really childish. Yeah. But I think it just like, every time I go back there, it's like, man, I wish I, I, I wish I didn't say all the all the comments, you know, just because like it's always like emotional game, just making me stress. Oh, and the fans there, the fans there are still pretty wound oh, up. Yes. Now, now what what did you just grow? I mean, is it safe to say like you've just grown up? since then like was like you said they were kind of childish things you said because like it seems like you know like I, i'm going to get to your tweet the other day about lebron but like it does seem like you you've been very you very clearly are still friends with the guys in okc it didn't seem like you i'm ended. still friends with the utah jazz guys too oh okay like their favors but i guess what i meant is like when you left yes. oklahoma city like you i you had the nice video you put up on mm-hmm. social media like there was a, it was a much more positive exit because I learned from my mistakes. Well, that's what, I, that's what I mean. So, like, I, was I it... I did grow up, yes. Because what I did was really childish in Utah. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I mean, because that organization, I mean, good, bad, that organization picked me in a draft. And then, you know, they, you know, they put so much time in me, you know. And it was, I mean... Sure. I just shouldn't have said that. Sure. What, um, so, so what, I, beyond, you know, obviously, beyond that stuff, um, you know, what what was different for you about Oklahoma City? Because it really felt like from the moment you got there, uh, from your connection with the fans mm-hmm. to you know, obviously your friendship with Steven and some of the other guys, it really felt like that kind of flipped the switch for you personally. I mean, from the from the day one, the whole organization and whole state just opened their arm. You know, it just it was a really warm welcome. You know, from the, from the day one, and then a lot of players was hurt back then. It was KD was hurt, you know, and then Steven was hurt, and then Russ got hurt that year and Serge was hurt. So like, I think it was just like, we were trying to make the playoffs and we missed the playoffs by half game against New Orleans, it was, it was tough. Yeah, when they beat the Spurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I think it just, it just the whole organization is just so professional with Sam Presti, what he does is just amazing. I remember like, sometimes they were, it was like crazy to me like, even like the the balls in a practice facility, but everything was like spalling, spalling. Yep. So one side. <laughs> Everything's like, lined up the same way. Yeah. In winter time, like we were getting the practice facility, they were uh, they were they were painting the grass green. Oh really? So it, everything was perfect. So you get in, it's like this is perfect. Like you know what I mean? It, it was crazy. Yeah, I know Sam. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, we just that, that's why they, they've been the way they are just because of you know, how professional they are. Yeah, what, where did, um, did you know Steven before you got there? I played against him a couple, I played against him obviously, but right. I didn't really know him that well. I watched a video on YouTube, like he said, oh, he likes food, whatever. But I don't really know, I didn't really know him that close. Yeah, so how, like what was the, um, like how did that friendship kind of form? Because it seemed like you guys are, are now really tight. I mean, every day on a practice, it will, we were like playing one on one. It was just it wasn't a basketball. It was like a wrestling. So he was trying to make make me better. I was trying to make him better. You know, offensively, defensively. He was like communicating, and it, he understand me. I understand him because like I'm obviously we both not from here. We're right. International, and my family's not here. His family's not there, and we were always there for, for each other. I mean, if the coach say anything, you know, we was like we had good games, bad games. So we always like had each other's back. And then, you know, just, he's a really smart guy, man. He, I mean, he understand me, all the situation I was, I was having. He always tried to give me, like, a positive energy and stuff. Yeah, he's, he's a pretty positive guy. Yeah, always. Now, do you, um, did you always have, like, kind of this sarcastic personality? 
like that you have like mm-hmm. like you like to make jokes you mm-hmm. like the like that Le, the tweet the other day about lebron like you you seem to you know the stuff with our boy uh slater when you mm. you put his face oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. katie thing when he left uh you you have you always had a, that kind of a sense of humor or is that developed i think over time? Always, i always have a task to like make a final people not yeah. make final people no but, but i like, know what you mean they're like they were making fun of me i'm gonna make for fun of sure and then it, 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 it was how it is, like, in um, OKC, too. You know, I was just always making fun of, like, Russ, making fun of Steven, and they were making fun of me. And then I was just... I think it was the same with Utah, too, but I wasn't really know that much English back then. Right. So I couldn't really talk trash to him. <laughs> so, but I think in OKC, I learned, like, language a lot. I know the words a lot and stuff. Yeah. So I was just, like, talking to him more. I think it's fun, man, because what we're doing is really good, but at the same time, you got to have fun. Yeah. I mean, they... They keep like, oh, why are you trolling LeBron? I know LeBron is like the the best player in the world right, right. now. You know, it's right. not like I'm disrespecting the guy, but you just you just you gotta have fun. You gotta right. try to get in his mind and stuff. Uh, but I think you know, just it's cool. I mean, it's cool to have fun. Well, I want to. I'll get back to LeBron in a minute, but I, I heard. Um I heard from some people in OKC that that your your fashion sense has changed a little bit since it coming did. to New York. Oh yes, I heard the guy heard the guys gave you a lot of grief for that when you went back. Yes, uh, <laughs> it was weird because like in OKC I was just uh, right now I'm with the sweatpants, but like most of the time I was with the sweatpants. Even like the someone like the GM said like, oh what is this? What are you wearing? It's like it's OKC, you know. And then I I, I get to New York. I just like start wearing all this like. Tight jeans, shoes, all these T-shirts, whatever. And then I, I, I wore like that in the OKC game. Right. I went up to the locker room, the, their locker room, to just say hi to them. Yeah. They were like, they were whole team were shocked, you know. <laughs> That's and what I, I heard. I saw Russ. I saw Russ. I saw Russ. Out of 10, what do you give me? <laughs> he looked at me and was like, okay, I see you, you know. I think it just, it just I mean, it's New York. Every, I think everything changed. Yeah. Like just, yeah, like... Uh, my whole personality were changing because because it's New York. If you enjoyed this podcast and are interested in learning more about the NBA, you can get my weekly NBA newsletter, the Monday Morning Post Up, delivered right to your inbox every Monday morning at 8 a.m. To do so, please go to wapo.st/postupnewsletter to subscribe. You'll get an original column from me, links to my work from the past week. Links to work from both my colleagues at the Washington Post and other writers from around the web about the league, a viewing guide for the week ahead, and some dining and pop culture recommendations. Again, to subscribe to the Monday Morning Post-Up, please go to wapo.st slash post-up newsletter and start your week off right with everything you need to know about the NBA. What what about New What about New York uh, led to that? Why New York? Yeah, like why, why, why? Like obviously, I know it's a different kind of city than Oklahoma City, but like, what about it made you like led you to change? I think I stuff? think I think the fans, you know, yeah. because like fans always fans always loved it, you know, just what, whatever we do on the court. I mean, they I mean they knew that we were not gonna win like eighty two in a row, but like if you play if you play hard if you die for the ball. If you like a bit a little different, if you like cheering for your teammate, I mean the whole crowd was up and cheering for you. I think just I learned to just you know just how how can you connect with the fans when you while you're playing the game. Well, and I, I have a lot of friends in New York, and when they when they made the trade to bring you in, you know obviously Carmelo was a, a big star mm-hmm. there, so they were a little bummed out. I said, listen, you're gonna it's gonna take like three weeks, and you're gonna be yeah. all in on Ennis. 
because I know how you because like yeah. you did that in Oklahoma City, yeah. um, and and you know you've clearly become a fan favorite since then. What what is it about? Like it, and like I said, it was a similar thing in OKC where you did have a real connection with the fans there. What 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 is it? What what has allowed you to do that? Is it the advent? Is it having social media and Twitter and to be able to like to talk to people? Is it just in your personality? Like what what do you think has led to you being able to have think, such a connection with the fans? I think like I guess that? both. And I, and I think same time fans are seeing that like okay he's playing basketball whatever he's good or bad whatever I mean mm-hmm. they can't say whatever they want to say but like they want to see like how much you do work outside of the court how much charity work you're doing how much you, how much you're giving back to community I think we I did it a lot we did it a lot in uh, OKC now mm-hmm. I'm starting to do it in here too I think fans want to see not just from me from all the players like do more charity work giving back more to community especially like really special days like christmas thanksgiving sure new year's Eve, whatever i think that's, that's really important what um you know you you mentioned lebron before i mean i i saw your tweet the other day the hashtag strive for greatness with the rocket chip after the okc 148 point the, win i didn't know what that hashtag means well i mean you know i mean you I know, know, I don't know what that you means. knew it's you know it's lebron's yeah well i mean it's you know he's striving for greatness all the time uh I I was watching. I don't. I think I was in L.A. when you guys were playing that game against the Cavs. When you got into it with LeBron, mm-hmm. uh, um, was that a was that a conscious thing at the time? Because obviously you said the stuff about Frank mm-hmm. a couple of days before, which really was just him taking shots at Phil more than I think even taking shots at Frank. But uh, did you um, was were you like did you go into that game like consciously thinking like having that in mind, or was that just like in the moment? Uh, when you got into it with him, that I mean, was kind of what happened. Before the game, I wasn't thinking about, oh, I'm going to fight with him and get right. all the crowd right. just go crazy. <laughs> right. But, like, I think it just happened during the game. Like, because, like, when I see it, you are, we called you, the, I mean, they call you king. I don't call them. They called you the king. Yeah. And then, like, they say, oh, you're the best player in the, in, on earth. Yeah. You don't go out there and break a 19-year-old kid's confidence. Because right. I saw him after he made that comment. I saw him. I saw how, how, how like, I saw he was really down on, not really. You talk about Frank? Kind of, yeah. You saw Frank was Frank. down? And then we, we talked to him. You know, so, so me and some of the guys talked to him in the locker room and said, hey, man, just you got to stick up for yourself. And then he did. You know, he pushed he, him a couple of times did. and stuff. Yeah. And then the ref came and, okay, like, this is enough. I got to, you know, break it in. And then, then, then I came, you know, just because it's, it's just weird. Like, you don't just go out there and just mess with the rookies. You're also a little closer to LeBron's size than Frank. Not yes. that Frank can't defend it's himself. It's a little kid, you're... man. Like, he's still a kid. He's still <laughs> right. trying to, like, learn basketball. Right. Right. I think he's I think it's, I it's done a good job. How, uh, how, much, how close have you paid attention to what OKC is doing? Like, are you watching a lot of their games, or uh, I mean, I know that was a national TV game, and they were they were playing the Cavs, so it was a little different. But are, I don't like, really watch their every game, but I almost look at their every like their, their stats almost every time. Keep track of everybody. Yeah, doing. I see what Russ is doing. I saw what Steven is doing. That's all really matters. Yeah, for me or Russ and him. But I think they do a really good job. Yeah, no, they are. What um, what is what has been the biggest adjustment to being with the Knicks this season? Biggest adjustment, um, I think beginning of beginning of the season, uh, when we lost five in a row in preseason, they were like, oh, they're just going to pick the number one pick. They're going to be the number one pick. They're not right. going to be that and this. And then we started the season really well. Now, you know, people are saying, oh, they started. Now we got, you know, just, it's, it's 
start losing a couple games, mm-hmm. and then now like they're just saying, oh, they're they're not good, they're bad, whatever. I think you know we still got it in us. You know, I think it just, uh, I think it's really cool to just just go out there and just prove all the haters wrong. And I think we just go out there and play hard. I think that's all the adjustment. Just people, all the just avoid all the outside talking. Yeah. Um, uh, this is backing up a little bit, but I wanted to ask you, you, I know you have a pretty good relationship with Ross Mm -hmm. and, um, he's a guy that, you know, for a lot of reasons, doesn't let a lot of people in really outside of like his group. Um, what, what is kind of me, if you, if you could kind of shed a light on him a little bit, what, what are maybe some of the things that people don't know about him that, that they should about Westbrook? Well, I think outside of the court. He's the most chill. I mean, you see him like on a court, like he always yells, screams. He wanna like uh, murder somebody, like if you if you see him. But yeah. outside of the court, he's like the most low key, most chill guy I I seen. He doesn't, you know, I mean, he loves to laugh. He likes to make jokes. He likes to make jokes. And then I'm um, obviously OKC and the whole people love him because he does so much charity work. He like he's he spend. I mean, he's the, this guy gets so tired and the next day you see him he's going out there and open up some book clubs whatever. Mm-hmm. and I think that this the other thing is he just you know I don't know how but he eats terrible he eats gummy bears <laughs> and he drinks snapples in a plane yeah and then everybody ordering organic food he's or, or ordering just for himself non-organic food oh really and then he always like I never see him like maybe I see him one time just like relax and just sleep on a plane. He always like his body like I I mean it's just weird because like I remember like he got triple double and then then like he was like forty fifty and ten and whatever and like crazy numbers. Right. And the next day, uh, two days later, shooting on the first, they give him the ball and then he just go up and just dunk the ball. It's like when does this guy get rest? <laughs> I guess it's in his jeans. I think AJ, 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 he's, he's a cool dude, man. I, I think if they ask me, like, uh, if I don't count the Nick, if we can play with one player, who would it be? It would be Russ. Now, what, what, about, what about him makes you want to play with him? Because, I mean, he always... Because from the outside, he seems like a guy that would be hard to play with. You can never relax. You can, you can never relax in his team. I mean, um, you know, because, I mean, he always gives you so much energy if, if your best player playing with that much energy be like mm-hmm. and then you're like hey man let's just go out there and play let's just win and we know that he always got your back whatever happens and then he just his energy just always like keep firing you up yeah what what was that season like last year because obviously you know the year before i covered that whole playoffs like i mm-hmm. thought you guys were going to beat the warriors because they had that crazy game yeah. six um you know, probably 99 times out of 100, yeah. you guys win that game, and I think you win the title easily. Um, but, you know, there was obviously a lot of emotion that went into that season last year. Mm-hmm. Russell's incredible. He wins MVP. You guys get to the playoffs. What, what was it like kind of being a part of that whole run and kind of – Talking about the one we made the Western Cup final? No, I'm talking about last year. Oh, like, last year. Yeah, like in the way Kevin leaving and you guys mm-hmm. still bouncing back and Russell winning MVP and you making the playoffs. Because from, right from the get-go, there was, it seemed like there was just a ton of emotion around mm-hmm. that whole team from start to finish. It was. Uh, I think, you know, after Kevin left and then we had, like, all those people who were, like, our, one of the owners had died. Mm-hmm. Monty Williams' wife died. And Kevin left, all the so The whole year were just, like, so – so emotional it was just so it was a weird year but i think we did we, i think if you look at it as a team we did a really, really good job staying together because it affected us especially with monte situation it affected us so bad that was I brutal mean, 
it was you, you would see like a lot of people were like you know just really sad I remember like Stephen was crying and it was it was just really emotional time for us but I think we did a really good job you know staying together and I think it was a then after we made the playoffs obviously if we play against you know just Houston I mean it was a bad it was a bad series for us was that I mean the the whole clip of Billy you know Billy talking about you on the bench you know kind of became a big thing um was that hard was any of that hard to go through for you personally you're talking about the stuff with your defense I think I mean it was it was tough because like you know what you're capable of you can do on the court and then like you're seeing it and then like man Know, and then maybe you just just keep working on it. You know, just keep working on it. That's what me and Tim was working almost every day. He was just, you know, I was working on with defense. He was working on with offense. You know, I think, well, it was it was definitely tough. What um, because even now, like I know you're starting now, but there's times when like you guys are playing a team that goes small late. You mm-hmm. might not get to play as much. Um, what? How are you able? Like, what do you have to do to make strides to improve your game to be able to play in situations like that? Like, what uh, is it that you're trying to work on? I talked to coach because he said that when the teams go small, you need to. I mean, if you can guard a small guy, then we, you know, we can kill everybody. Because if you can guard a small guy, then they will have to guard you. Right. So it will be a really tough situation for them. So I think it just for me right now. To, that's why I lost all this weight uh, this summer, so I can move my feet better. How much and have think, you lost? Man, there was one. Well, after the season, I usually gain weight, gain like around 20, 25 pounds. Oh wow! Yeah. Over the summer. So I was like, I was around two seventy three, and then I think I posted a picture too. And then at one point it was too light. Uh, I was around two thirty five. Two thirty-five. And then I gained wow. weight. Now I'm around like two forty-five something. Oh wow! But yeah. still, that's that's pretty far oh, yeah. down. Though. Like, what did you play at last <laughs> season? Like two sixty? Around between two fifty to two sixty. Okay. Around, around, that, around that time. Now, have you noticed? Have you noticed a difference? Yes. Playing playing I, at a lighter weight. I feel way comfortable. On, I mean, not just I'm not talking about offense. I'm talking about defense. I feel way comfortable. Like I got more confidence because I can move better side to side. I can you know I can run better. Uh, I think it's just it's a really good thing. Yeah. Um, two more things quick. Um, you have a you have an option on your contract for next season, mm-hmm. and I'm not asking you to like tell me what you're going to do now or not, but um, just in general, what is your kind of take on the where the league is at financially? Because you know there was the cash a couple of years ago, which obviously was one of the reasons how Kevin mm-hmm. was able to go to Golden mm-hmm. State, and it seems like that has really kind of screwed up salaries for everybody because like that year it went way up a bunch of people got paid and now there's really not any money left yeah. um is, is is that something that like guys talk about a lot like the kind of where things are at and how much does that kind of stuff factor into any decisions you have to make about your future it's always people of course i mean it's always people's mind oh what am i gonna do what am i gonna do with my next contract but i think right now we are at that point that we either gonna make the playoffs or not make the playoffs so right now if I just sit down and say, "Hey, man, it's my, you know, I can, I have good, I have my good. I mean, I got good rebound stats, good point stats. You know what? I'm just gonna opt out and be like, I get, I get the money. I'll be, I'll be really selfish. So right now, I think that will, that will be the decision that you, you can make when the season is over. Sure. But right now, it's just like we are at that point. Like, hey, man, you're gonna make the playoffs or not? You know, just just we can end the season April 11th, or we can end the season whenever. Yeah. I think if I just 
thinking about my contract would be really selfish. Yeah, no, that makes sense. What um, as it, it, kind of a bigger picture thing, when your career is done, which I'm imagining is going to be a pretty long time from now, uh, what is it that you would like people to remember about you? I think just you know, just always fun, not throwing. I'm not talking about <laughs> always like I, I guess like always like have uh, like to have fun, always smile, make people laugh. And then just a good good team player. I think that's my goal this year: be the best teammate I can be. Yeah. You know, be the best locker room guy because that's your that that's your family. You know, you see him every day. You see him more than your family. I, mean, I see him more than, of course, my family. But uh, you see him more than everybody. And those are the guys that you go to war with. So I think it's just uh, be the be the glue guy, be the locker room locker room guy. Because I remember that there's one playoff series that we lost. I think the Golden State, that was the reason. Mm-hmm. When we, you know, just started losing, people started to point each other. People started to blame each other. When everybody's going good, everything's good, people say, oh, it's my it's my fault. I mean, you know, You're I, talking about I in the Thunder yes. when with that during that Western Conference Finals? And then, like, when you made a mistake, uh, when you when the things go bad, and then people start to point each other, blame each other. I think I'm, I'm trying to be, like, the guy that, you know, just glue the teammates together because, I mean, we have to go together. Sure. And then just last thing, uh, are we going to get more trolling tweets about Durant between now and tomorrow or after the game when no, you guys no, win? No, probably won't, man, because, <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, people don't know that when he left the Thunder to go to Golden State, I texted him. I said, hey, man, good luck. And then he texted me back. I can't, he said something. He texted me back, too. You know, but I think... All these guys are like I'm. I'm messing with like look at them, like Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Like those are like the maybe like the top, two top dudes in, in the whole league. But I'm saying like you just gotta. Have, you, I, I get so much hate to meet people. Hate like hates me so much that oh we like they cuss me a lot. They, they, but I think you just gotta have fun, man. You know because in the end, if you don't have fun, if you're not having fun, if you're not smiling, just don't do this job. All right, thank you again to Ennis Canner, who was a great guest, had a lot of fun talking to him. I think he was really insightful. Hopefully, you all enjoyed listening to him. As for me, you can find me on Twitter, at Tim Bontemps. You can find me on Facebook, at Tim Bontemps NBA. You can find my work in the pages of the Washington Post or on our website at washingtonpost.com slash sports. Please give the podcast a five-star rating and review wherever you can find it, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio Public, Tune in, Stitcher, uh, wherever else it is. Uh, it really helps when you give us a, a rating, and re- a five-star rating and review. So please do that. Please go find Glenn Yoder in the Western States and sup- subscribe to their music online. Go buy it wherever you can get it. Support those guys. Glenn's a d- the NBA editor at The Post. Uh, he's a good dude, big basketball fan, and more importantly, people love his band and their music. Uh, it's been one of the things that's most complimented on the pod, which I'm really happy about over the last a couple of years I've been doing it. So uh, definitely go check out their stuff and find it anywhere you can. Also go check out the other podcasts from the Washington Post, whether it's Constitutional, Letters from War, uh, Cape Up. There's a whole bunch of really good podcasts, whether it's on politics or uh, or, or just on some interesting societal stuff that we have going on. I think we're, we're going to have a lot more stuff coming up in the future too. So be sure to go check all of that out. 
Thank you again for listening through these first 100 episodes. It's meant a lot to have the support you guys have given through for the podcast and looking forward to doing a bunch more of them in the future. And probably hopefully a couple more this week as the, uh, the crazy NBA news cycle never slows down. But uh, thanks again to Ennis for doing the pod today. Thanks again to all of you for listening. And we'll be back again soon.